All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a very special episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. It is actually our 100th episode. I've been here for like, I feel like around 40, but Patrick has been here for all 100. So I just want to congratulate you, Pat. Congratulations on making 100 episodes, man. How do you feel? Yes, sir, man. Really excited to to be on the 100th episode and um, can't wait till you get there as well as, you know, continuing this uh, tradition and, and trying to reach the next 100 and next 100 after that. We just continue to grow and I appreciate all the support and and love that we've gotten over these last 100 episodes. So continue to grow and, and be bigger and talk to a bunch of people about Celtics basketball, man. Just happy to be here. Happy to give content out to the people and Excited to talk about the Celtics today, man. Yes, sir. We'll be looking forward to getting some guests on, you know, maybe for a playoff preview, um, you know, or for a series preview, say if we make it past the first round, something like that. And definitely some guys in the offseason. So stay tuned for that, no doubt. But Patrick, just thanks for, you know, letting me be a part of the show, man. I just want to say that. Really appreciate it. It's been really fun doing the show. But I'm right there with you, Pat. I'm excited to talk about the Celtics basketball. Two pretty uh Exciting games for different reasons uh, the past two days. A win against the Bulls, in which we absolutely dominated from pretty much start to finish. And uh, and then a game against the Bucks that went down to the wire without three of our five best players. So, Pat, how are you feeling after these past two games? Um, I'm feeling good. I mean, um, it just shows that this team has been hot, right, and had a change in identity. And nothing's changed. Even with the people in and out of lineups right now without having your starters out there sometimes, it, the culture, the way team this team is playing more together, the way they pass the ball to each other, the way they have confidence in one another, everything has changed. The, the whole way that they carry themselves has been very refreshing. And this is what we talk about, right? Like when we talked about earlier in the year when they were losing games, we're like, the reason we're upset is because we don't feel like they're playing the best brand of basketball when they're losing. Now they're when they do lose, I'm thinking back at it, I'm like, wow, we lost, but I feel like we left a good brand of basketball out on the court when we lost. And those are the type of, you know, it's never fun to lose in general, but when you lose and you're you see your team fighting to the end a lot of times, it's an easier pill to swallow. And this team has definitely played a lot more of a better brand of basketball that's enjoyable to watch. Yeah, no doubt, man. I think uh I think the Bucks game, you know, I didn't watch it live. All I got to see live, unfortunately, was the uh, the last minute of the game. So it was, like, pretty disappointing. But I did go back and, of course, and rewatch the game. And I thought how the team played was really inspiring, honestly. I mean, you had Jalen with a triple-double, career-high, tied his career-high, 11 assists. You know, he didn't shoot well, obviously. You know, we'll get into that or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It just I was really inspired by that performance, even though we ended up losing – um, and it made me feel a little bit better going into the playoffs against uh, against the Bucks. Now, obviously, it didn't change my opinion. Like, oh, bring me the Bucks, nothing like that. But it definitely did make me, you know, a tad more confident. I've got to admit. Yeah, as far as like the team that I fear most in the East, it's still the Bucks. Hundred percent. You you look at how we played. We shot really well from deep. We were playing pretty good basketball. Almost a lot of things were breaking right for us, and at the end, we just wouldn't have enough left in the tank to take down a juggernaut like the Bucks, who had a, pretty much a pretty healthy team. And we were still there, and I still respect the Bucks a lot. I think they should be the favorites to come out of the East, but when the Celtics are 100% healthy, 
it wouldn't shock me to see us come out of a series like that. I think that series goes seven games, six, seven games, and it could go either way. Um, I feel a lot more confident uh, after watching how we played against them. And it's not just over that one game that I'm confident. It's more so like we talked about the brand of basketball that has changed with the Celtics over this last few months that I'm like, okay, we could really compete with any team in the league at this point in a seven game series. When our guys are healthy, I'm pretty confident that it could go either way. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, at full strength with like Rob, you know, coming back with no hindrances. I mean, listen, I'm pretty confident against anybody. I'm not saying necessarily that I think we can necessarily be favored against anyone, but I'll take my chances with this squad against a lot of other teams. And you know, it feels good to be able to say that and believe it. Like, I don't feel like I'm being too much of a homer by saying that. I think the Celtics have proven to everybody who's watched, you know, since the beginning of the new year that they are not a team to be messed with. Uh, you know, in any capacity, even by, you know, some of these more elite teams evidenced by, you know, that game against the Bucks, man, we were missing like Pat, I kind of said before the show, three of our five best players not playing. And we took the team we're the most scared of in our conference down to the wire. That made me feel pretty good. We had Sam Hauser playing, uh, you know, legit- first quarter minutes, by the way, first quarter minutes. Hey, and he <laughs> hit his first shot. I do believe if, I, if I'm correct. I think that was his first shot, you know, off the, off the dribble three from Hauser. I absolutely, uh, absolutely love to see that. You know, I'm riding the, uh, the Hauser train, but uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I do feel a lot better, but we can get into the Bulls game because I know we just did the crossover show with the Bulls guys, Trey and Keith. Shout out to them. Uh, and I think all the reasons why we were so confident and they were not confident were evidenced in that game against the Bulls, Pat. Yeah, you know, the Bulls are just a team right now that are struggling with injuries bad, right? They just lack that playmaking. They kind of look like the Celtics earlier in the year where, like, you had no playmaking going on, the ball movement's not there, and they just become really stagnant and predictable offense. So that's going to play into the hands of a defense like the Celtics. The Celtics took advantage of that um, pretty well, and the Celtics were passing the ball tremendously. Marcus Smart was doing his crazy passes as usual. Um, I also thought that... A lot of the bench guys played really well in that one down the stretch when they got some time. And you're talking about how you're on the Hauser train. Everyone knows that I'm on the Neesmith train. And boy, has Neesmith been really good lately when he has gotten some opportunity. I know he has some head-shaking moments in the Bucks game. But in that Bulls game, he was he looked pretty good. And then he's hitting shot. He's making good moves. He's making good plays. So just seeing overall um, this team just take advantage of the ability of the Bulls not able to play make enough and just really – take care of business against that team just shows that, Hey, and that's a team that we really could be lined up against here in the first round. Yeah. Uh, just first on Neesmith. I mean, you know, we were texting during the game the other night, uh, a few games ago, you know, about how, like, I really think Neesmith next year could take a leap, man. Like he's always giving you something positive on the defensive end. And uh, like you said, Pat, he was knocking down his shots. And when Neesmith is knocking down his shots, he's a positive player. I mean, he just had to calm down a little bit, find himself, adjust to the speed of the game. And I know, Pat, you said this a bunch during the summer. And I think this is still true, even though Neesmith hasn't really been part of the rotation. Uh, He needs another summer. Like he never got, he hasn't gotten the real life NBA summer experience due to COVID, due to life happening around everything. So, uh, I think if Neesmith gets, you know, this summer, I think he's going to build his body, you know, build his offensive game and really actually be, you know, a productive player for us going forward. And I've been up and down on Neesmith, I will admit. 
you know, I was hot on him coming into the season, then I was done with him, and then I kind of was bouncing around. But I've definitely settled on to how I feel about him now is that he's a positive player on defense, and if he, you know, develops his offensive consistency at all, uh, he'll be a guy Celtics fans are going to love to see on the court. And then as far as the Bulls game, I mean, like you said, almost all the reasons that we were talking about on the show kind of came to light. Uh, they just have no rim protection. I mean, our defense is just much better than them. Levine had seven points. I mean, he's supposed to be their second best player, second best scorer, and he was pretty much nowhere to be found. Uh, they couldn't really get the ball to Vucevic in spots, you know, where he needed to run the offense, just like Trey and Keith were scared of. Um, and I just think that game just furthered my confidence that the Celtics would win that game in probably that series in probably about five games. Um, honestly, I think I think that's a sweet man, I, and that's no disrespect to Chicago, but their inability to defend the rim is crucial. Like those are the easiest buckets to get, and how easily the Celtics were able to get there, even without a guy who is a, a rim running big in Robert Williams. Like you're talking about, Daniel Tice was phenomenal in that game. You, he just kind of ate him up, Al Horford eating him up. So when guys are able to just just tear you apart on the inside like that. There's not much else you can really do as far as a team. And those are easy baskets. It's not like the Celtics were out shooting them from deep really crazy, but the Bulls aren't a very good three-point shooting team either. So if they're not defending the two very well, it's not like they're going to be able to shoot themselves back into games a lot of the time. So I just don't see a avenue where the Bulls can beat the Celtics maybe even one game in a series because their inability to shoot from deep and, and really make up sometimes of the lackluster rim protection just isn't there. Uh, I do think that the rest of the team played really well in this game. You know, also wanted to shout out Peyton Pritchard, who's been playing phenomenal, really showing a lot of that spacing he provides, hitting some deep threes. And just overall, this team has been playing with a lot of good vibes. Like, And I know Jason Tatum did shoot incredibly great, but Jalen Brown continued his hot hand playing at a phenomenal level. And they're just being able to get more rest down the stretch here, which I think is going to be really crucial for a playoff run because I think these guys are going to be anywhere from around 35 to 42 minutes a night when we're in the playoffs. Yeah, 100% agree. All the rest we can get these guys during the last you know few games of the regular season I think is important. And, yeah, it was good to see uh... – Honestly, two games in a row uh, from that Wizards game and from that Bulls game. You know, the guys get – the stars get a little bit of a lower minute load. Um, you know, I believe, Pat, in the Wizards game – I know we covered the Wizards game, but I believe those the, the bench guys came in with about eight minutes left in the game, which is uh, feels like the earliest in the quarter Ime has ever done that, right? Yeah, he has a lot more trust in his bench unit now than he had in earlier in the season for sure. Yeah, so um, I think that's good, you know, because like you said, I do think the rotation is going to be eight man, maybe 8.5 if you want to get Neesmith in there a little bit, you know, here and there, some spot minutes. Um, we'll see what happens. But I do think the rotation is definitely going to go back to being very short uh, come playoff time with Tatum and Jalen's minutes ramping up, and you want to get those guys naturally as much rest, much rest as you can. And uh, – as far as Pritchard, man, Pritchard is just, his confidence is through the roof, and I need it to stay like this. He's hitting off the dribble shots. He had a couple amazing shots in this Bucks game. He was sniping from deep against the Bulls. I mean, this guy just has a clip on him, and he needs, and honestly, he needs to have that confidence in order for him to be the most effective player he can be. Um, 
you know, when it comes to the Celtics because they don't really need him to uh, be like a Chris Paul type point guard. You know, like obviously, you know, it's nice if he can like, you know, initiate a set. Okay. But obviously we all know Pritchard's in there to space the floor and to catch and shoot. Like those are, those are pretty much the two things he's in there mostly to do to be a pesky little defender which he has really impressed me with also, Pat. Because remember how bad he was at the beginning of the year on defense? Absolutely. I'm not saying he's even a great, even a good defender, really. That's not even what I'm saying. But he's busting his butt. And that's literally all I can ask for from, you know, a guy like, uh, from a guy like uh, Pritchard, you know, his size, you know, a smaller guard. So shout out to Pritchard. And then lastly, uh, Pat Tice. Back-to-back wonderful games from Tice with the exception of one play in the Bucks game, pretty much. But love to see that from Tice, besides the layup, of course. Yeah, I think Daniel Tice is just – he's played into the role really well. Well, you stepped up big time. We talked about how important it was for him to kind of get going and get some momentum with this unit while Robert Williams is going to be possibly out for this whole first-round series. And he has not been – you know, anything less than what we needed. And that's very important for the Celtics team moving on into getting closer to the playoffs, building that, you know, confidence. And, and it helps too, that he has this chemistry already with a lot of these guys. So there has been moments though where I feel like the lobs have been a little high. Like they act like he's Robert Williams, but he's not, and he can't just quite get up there like Robert Williams, but uh, they just need to get a little bit more comfortable throwing a little bit lower lobs to him and, and let him finish it there. Uh, he was amazing in the Bucks game. He had that third quarter. We had 15 points. That's the most points in a single quarter for him in his whole career uh, from Daniel Tice. So just he's been absolutely killer, man. Uh, I think, you know, give it up to Brad Stevens. That might be the best trade. I know the Derek White trade was really good. I know I've said this before, but that Daniel Tice, you know, getting him back here in Boston might have been one of the best deals that uh, Brad Stevens had made it all during that deadline. 100% agree. I mean, Pat, we were talking uh, – we were talking – a bunch about where Dennis was going to end up. You mentioned even from the beginning of the year that you thought preseason that you thought Dennis was going to be a guy we moved at the deadline, and that came true. And uh, you know, maybe at the beginning of the year we were hoping for you know a little bit of a bigger return, but like you said, this trade has worked out wonderfully for the Celtics. I mean, I liked Tice being back, of course, um, but he is he's out he's out playing my expectations, quite frankly, especially with Rob out. Uh, Pat, I don't know if you saw, he was in the gym with, you know who Lethal Shooter is on Instagram? You know who yeah, yeah, I know who Lethal is. Yes, yes. Yeah, so he was in the gym with, with Grant and Tice. And I think you obviously could tell that something happened with Grant's shot. You know, you know we'll talk also, uh, Grant's not shooting well. But obviously he's shooting much better this season than last season. And Tice's jumper looks really good, man. I got to admit. And, uh... You know, if he can space the floor and protect the rim at a decent level, switch on the guards for a few seconds at a time, rebound the ball like he has, and make layups at the end of games, you know, I think uh, I think we'll all be really happy with Tice going forward. Yeah, no, I, I think Daniel Tice has been great. His spacing is a new element to this team because Robert Williams doesn't space the floor just like him. Um, and the Celtics taking advantage of it. Daniel Tice has been able to hit some really good three-point shots and be a threat from out there. It helps space out the floor a little bit more. But also I wanted to just give a shout-out to Derek White, man. Derek White has been playing insanely well lately, really uh, in control of the offense. He's been doing his playmaking stuff, playing good defense, but now his shot's starting to roll around and knock down a little bit more, a little bit more. 
and his comfortability level, he just looks way more comfortable in the offense. He seems like he has the, how he plays with everybody and comfortability he has chemistry wise with these guys is, is just grown. And you can see that in the way he's confident shooting and and he plays alongside um, Jason and Jalen now. And I'm just confident in Derek white in general. Like I think he's been phenomenal. And also Marcus smart has been really great on offense lately. He's hit some ridiculous layups. He's doing crazy passes and his shots like consistently going down. So the it's important for their backcourt to really be a threat and Derek white and Marcus smart are striving to be put a lot more pressure on defenses going forward. Yeah. 100% agree. Shout out to D white man, shooting the ball a lot better, continuing to make, you know, the right plays always with the basketball. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, smart last night, Pat was just ridiculous. Seven of 12 from three, 29 points he finished with. He was attacking well. I mean, I know a lot of people were trying to sell me on moving smart at the deadline for an expiring and some picks or something like that. And boy, am I glad I shot down every single one of those ideas, um, you know, with these people who were offering them to me. You know, I'm glad I was riding the smart train, you know, as long and uh, as I've been riding it because uh, he's been amazing, Pat. I don't even know what else to say. You know, it's funny too is like, Marcus Smart can't catch a break because every time this man shoots 10 or more threes, it seems like the Celtics lose. But this was the night where it was like, it was a good more than 10 three shots by him. Like he was just feeling it. He shot well, seven of 12. Like you, you take that night from Marcus Smart. You like that, but it just doesn't end up going bowling well for, for him in the loss column with him being, Hey, shoots more than 10 threes. Uh, Celtics always lose. And it was no different again, even when he shot well. Yeah, that is like a weird stat that is it is feels like unfair to smart. It's like every time this guy has a phenomenal shooting performance, the Celtics end up losing. But I think that uh I think that just goes to show that Smart is a very good player and while he can score the basketball, that is not necessarily what the Celtics need him to do to win games. And uh the fact that he's been as good as a point guard as he's been on top of shooting the ball well, has been phenomenal. I mean, listen, I just the, – the smart hitters are very quiet right now. A lot of people in my mentions the past couple of years telling me the Celtics could not win a championship with Marcus Smart. I'm not even calling out any individual. A lot of people had said that to me, you know, on, on Green Room, uh, on Twitter, you know, just my friends. My A lot of people said that to me, and I never got that notion because smart feels like the type of guy – not only do you want, you need a guy like Smart to win a championship. Every championship team has a guy like him. You know, a defender, a guy who's laying it out on the line every single time. Like, if you just look at it, you know, there's always going to be guys who play like that. And honestly, Smart has helped set the culture here recently, the past few years since he's been drafted. I think he carried over this. Some people might be mad at this, but I think Smart helped carry over what KG brought to the new era. Would you say that's crazy, Pat? I wouldn't say that's crazy. No, um, I just know that Marcus Smart had gotten his props from KG as well when uh, KG was still in the league and Marcus Smart was playing. Like KG definitely loves the way that Marcus Smart plays defense, and we we got to talk about it, man. Marcus Smart, defensive play of the year. Like that's as real as it gets. It was even more. It's even more real now than it was when we were talking about it like three weeks ago. Like, and I was like, hey, man, we need to start talking about. Marcus Smart being a legitimate defensive player of the year. And we are we were both kind of – we were talking about it, but we both kind of were like trying to simmer a little bit. We're like, is he uh, – you know, like 
we had to simmer our own things because we don't want to be biased at the same time. But he really is legit a defensive player of your candidate. Like, and we saw it in the Bucks game. You know, he was insane. Uh, we heard Gary Payton talk about him as well about how he's able to make a guard. You know, dribbling up the court. You know, switch switch with his hands, switch with his hands. You know, turn angles three times while driving up the court before getting into the offense. That's knocking off eight nine seconds off the shot clock before you even get into your offensive set. That's huge. Those that's doing your job. You know, maybe getting the ball out of the hands, maybe making guys go and attack another guy on the court. That's doing your job as a defender. Marcus Smart is super impactful in that way. He slows offenses from getting into their sets, and he's been great. He's he's been deflecting balls. He's been getting the steals. We saw the block on Giannis. He's just everywhere, man. He's a menace. It doesn't matter what you are, what size you are. He's a legitimate threat when it comes to his defense ability. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Smart is, like, arguably the most versatile defender in the league, you know. Maybe there's a few other guys you can make an argument for that I wouldn't be mad at, of course. But uh, as far as guards, it's no question he's the most versatile in the league. And to see him get that love from the glove, Gary Payton himself, the last player, as we previously mentioned, to win the Defensive Player of the Year Award in 1995, to see Gary Payton give him that love, A, I know Smart must have just been gushing when that happened, okay? And two, Gary Payton is one of my favorite players of all time. And I think that, uh, you know, Pat, the voters love narrative, right? They love their narratives. And Gary Payton coming out and stamping Smart as a, uh, you know, Defensive Player of the Year as the last defensive as last guard to win Depoy, I think that's going to sway the voters to some degree. I, you know, hopefully I'm right about that. And uh, I think if Smart gets a defensive player of the year, it would be a well, well, well deserved. And I think for all my other Boston sports fans out here, um, a defensive player of the year in football, I feel like usually goes to a lineman or a linebacker. And uh, the year that Gilly, bump and run Gilly, Stephon Gilmore won defensive player of the year at the cornerback position was a little bit of, you know, a rarity. But I think he was just so good and so dominant that he earned it. And I think that's how smart is as well. You know, yep, guards don't usually win it just like corners don't in the NFL. But sometimes you just got to, you know, let bygones be bygones and give the award to the man who truly deserves it. And I do feel like smart. Yeah, and I honestly think Marcus Smart is probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he's he's made a strong case at this point where it can't be ignored. And like you said, yeah, there are other guys who who should be in consideration that could be deserving. And I am unbiasedly do believe that Marcus Smart has been the best defender in the NBA this season. Um, as far as especially from his position, you know, and we talk about he's he probably plays a position where he has to guard the most talented position in basketball right like the guards in the nba are, are no slouch you know he's, he has to go against a lot of elite talent day night in night out and normally it's a big man award but we talk about all the time about how this league you know the big men outside of like top five six big men it, it kind of goes to a little drop off you know and with marcus smart you can't, there's a lot more than five six guards in this league that you can talk about when it comes to that position yep i fully agree i mean I think the, uh, the reason big men obviously get the love is the rim protection. But the thing is, it's smart. I think what is also valuable is this versatility we're getting at, this positionless basketball that a lot of teams are, you know, getting after. And smart can switch. And not only, Pat, as you test with ball handlers, 
he's tasked with wings as well for multiple, multiple possessions in a game. Uh, you know, it's really just impressive what Smart can do on the defensive end. And I really, pat he's the betting favorite. I think he is going to win. And I'm going to be so glad to hear that speech, okay? Because they give a speech. I cannot wait to hear him give the speech. And uh, I think it's going to be a well-deserved award. And I do think there's going to be a lot of Celtics represented this year at the end of year awards from all NBA to all defense to player, uh, defensive player of the year. And I want to say coach of the year so bad. I really do, Pat, but I just don't. Yeah, we just know Monty's getting it because the well, league messed up last year. Yeah, there's. Uh, if Monty opinion. won it last year, I think Emay wins it this year. That's my opinion, and, though. And yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely like a crowd of five guys. I feel like they like you can give it to you know Taylor Jenkins down in Memphis, JB Bickerstaff in Cleveland, and uh, oh, I don't want to mess up his first name. I don't. I, for some reason, I'm thinking Ryan or David Finch in uh, Minnesota has actually done a terrific job this year. And I don't think that guy's getting the credit he deserves at all because the Timberwolves have been playing like a good team. And then obviously Ime, I think is, you know, the tier of guys that would be in consideration had Monty got it last year, because that is an all time ripoff. Tibbs getting it over Monty last year. That's crazy. And, and Ime is a rookie coach being mentioned in this, by rookie the way, coach, rookie coach and a guy whose team started out 23 and 24 to start the year. You're talking almost 50 games into the season. Your team's under 500, and now they're a 50-win team. 50-win teams are not bad teams. To get to 50 wins, you're a pretty good ball club at the end of the day. It's a pretty damn good basketball team, and Ime's done an incredible job. He sure has. and I mean, even if he doesn't win Coach of the Year, I definitely do think as Celtics fans and as Celtics Nation, we got to give this guy collectively his props. I mean, he's just done so many good things from this team. You know, mentally, it feels like the tough coaching. Uh, X's and O's wise too, Pat. I mean, he drew up a wonderful play to get Tice the layup um, that he unfortunately, you know, just rolled off the rim. He drew up a wonderful play. I know Brad, and you know, listen, Brad probably helped him, you know, gave him some ATOs because everybody talks about how amazing, uh, amazing Brad's ATOs were. Obviously him and, Ime are having conversations, and uh, Ime drew up an ATO of his own that was wonderful, got the exact shot we needed from a wonderful pass from White. Fortunately, couldn't go down. But, uh, yeah, Ime definitely deserving of all this love. And I also want to say Chris Finch. I got it wrong. It was not Ryan or David. I, I, Chris Finch was the name of the Timberwolves coach. I didn't want to get that out there. We <laughs> <laughs> had to clean that up, yeah. And after that Milwaukee game, you know, Celtics obviously dropped back down to the third seed. Uh, it kind of depends on how everything else finishes out, but they can still finish the second seed. They can finish the fourth seed. Uh, it kind of all depends on the Grizzlies games and how also you're looking at Philadelphia, how they play out, and then also Milwaukee. Milwaukee loses their next game, and Boston Celtics win, and Celtics will end up sneaking back up to that second seed. Uh, you know, Boston loses and Philly wins, and they can go up to the third and Boston goes down to the fourth seed. It's kind of like we're not going to tell what this Celtics team, where they're going to finish in the standings until after Sunday's game against the Grizzlies. Well, uh, if the Sixers lose, that helps us a lot for the three seed right there. I think it actually might guarantee yes, us the three seed. It guarantees us the three seed, yes. So that's a big one. Also, I just want to say, interject real quick, 37 minutes ago, Adam Himmelsbach. Uh, Confirmed out Horford's. Al Horford is vaccinated, so more oh he can play in Toronto. So all the Raptors and Sixers fans can stop, you know, 
what's it called? Uh, all this conjecture. But, but could, what about Jalen? <laughs> you can stop all this conjecture on the internet, okay? Al is vaccinated, and Jalen, I think, is very clear. We covered last show. We don't need to go back down the rabbit hole. I did just want to bring that up. You know, in the last 40 minutes, uh, it has been confirmed. Al Horford vaccinated, like we thought. But, you know, just for the Sixers and the, uh, the Raptors fans I know that are not listening to our show. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, it's going to be an interesting finish here. Um, it's looking like we're probably going to get matched up either against Toronto or the. Is it going to be Toronto or it's going to be Chicago. Chicago? Yeah, I don't know why Bring I'm playing Chicago all day, bro. All day over the Raptors. Honestly, just get, give me either one. I think we're favorites in both. Oh, I know. Agreed fully. Agreed fully. I think the Bulls series would just be a lot easier for this team. That's just why. I just think it would be. Like, I think It would be easier. Even if say even if we beat the Raptors in five, those five games are going to be much more of a dogfight than the five games against the Bulls, right? Um, so my thing is that I would rather play a team with a bad defense and a good offense because I know what our defense is capable of, and also I know our offense is not terrible, right? Like obviously our offense is our, our quote weakness compared to our defense, but I know that our team can fill it up. We have Jason, Jalen. Obviously, we saw a smart shooting display. Like you said, D. White shooting better. Al can shoot. Tice can shoot. Grant can shoot. A lot of these guys, you know, can put the ball in the bucket. Pritchard obviously can do that. Um, so I know what our offense is capable of. Pick a pick a path. I want you to pick a path right now, okay? As far as okay. the road, this is the road to the Eastern Conference. All right, give me, give me that. Eastern Conference. Would you rather go through Toronto, Miami to get to the Eastern Conference, or would you rather go through Bulls, Milwaukee? Toronto, Miami, or Bulls, Milwaukee, Bulls, Milwaukee, all day. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm as I mean, confident. Okay, about. okay, okay. All day is a massive stretch. <laughs> okay, but uh, I don't think I think our team would be so beat up by the end of that Heat series that even if we make it on, I don't. We'd be playing the Bucks in the conference finals, most likely. So. Honestly, I say give me the easy route with the Bulls, and then we we take our shot at the Bucks before we've played multiple series. That's my thing. That's my thought process. Okay, okay. Road to the finals now, right? Would you rather go through Toronto, Miami, Bucks, or would you rather go through Bulls, Milwaukee, Miami? I would probably go. Well, is this with a? The Bucks playing the Nets in the first round. Yeah, well, just to, we're. I'm assuming that I, I got the Bucks winning that series. I'm sorry. It's just no. I definitely do. I definitely do. I was just saying. I think they could beat the Heat because the Heat's half court offense. But you know, it's tough. I mean, honestly. So Pat, either way, you're really the only thing that you're swapping is pretty much the Raptors and the Bulls, and you're gonna play the Bucks yeah. and the Heat. So I'm just gonna go with whatever one the Bulls are in. That's the one I'm gonna get because if we play the Heat and the Bucks. It doesn't matter what order. I just just give me the Bulls in the first round as instead of the Raptors. I, I think the reason why I would rather have the Bucks in the conference finals than the second round is because more time for Rob to get back to himself. Double edged sword. I think we could say the same thing about the Heat series, though, because I think the lack the lack of a vertical lob threat against the Heat really affects our. Uh, our offense against them, our half-court offense, because they have an amazing defense. You know how good of a coach Spolster is and a good of a defender Bam and Jimmy and Kyle are. Um, so I do think the lack of Rob hurts us a lot. And we saw last night we put up 
we put up uh we put up one twenty something uh against the uh against the Bucks without JT and Al. So I think our offense is a little better suited against them than the Heat personally. But I hear you though. I definitely hear you. Because I want Rob against both teams. Rob against the Bucks, Pat, is a massive thing as well. I would say more on the defensive end probably. Was that is that where you were kind of getting at? Yeah, I just think defensively, yeah, I think Rob can be I think Rob being partially healthy in a Heat series is we can get by a Heat series with him partially healthy. I just don't know if we can survive a Buck series with him partially healthy. And that's where I'm like, hey, if if we can get if he can get somewhat healthy throughout that Heat series eventually, and we can get it to the Bucks with him finally getting filling getting his legs back, I, I'd feel better than the opposite where it's like going to a buck series and we're trying to watch him get his legs back during a buck series was, I just don't think it's, it's a recipe for success. My thing is like Giannis is going to make him pay. That makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I think either way, it's going to be tough as heck, you know, fighting through any of these three teams. I'm just, I don't want to get in a slug fest first round. That's my big thing. And I think a slug fest is much more likely with Toronto than Chicago. And honestly, Toronto, I think, is going to beat the Sixers. I'll say it right now in the first round. I do. I really do. So then you get the Raptors and the Heat. Then you get them in a dogfight in the second round. Boom, we somehow, if we can manage to beat the Bucks, then whoever we play on the, in that third round series, that conference final series, is going to have just gone through a crazy dogfight. But so will we. You know, so at the end of the day, I think, I think the thing with me in the playoffs is like we can do this all day, right? But uh, you're going to have to play the best teams at some point, you know, no matter what. So at this point, I'm just bring on whoever we have to play. You know, I've said this multiple times in the show. I don't love losing, you know, on purpose. Um, However, if we can't lose on accident like we did against the Bucks, and we we get the Bulls instead of the Nets, uh, that's a win all day for us. So uh, I think you got to play who you got to play in the playoffs, you know. But I, I do like this little debate we're having. But at the end of the day, you got to go through the best to be the best. So we can try to make the easiest path possible. But at the end of the day, it's going to be tough no matter what, you know? Yeah, shout out to the Bucks, though, man, taking one for the team and, and beating us and possibly, you know, drawing the card of the Nets in the first round, which is um, definitely way, way better than us drawing the card of the Nets. Uh, I think that was definitely the team we didn't want to face in the first round. I think we're, we feel we feel a lot better about going against Toronto or Chicago um, outside of uh, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I have been like, obviously, I, I don't, I'm never going to say I bring me the Nets. Like, I want the Nets. I want Kevin Durant. I want Kyrie Irving, two of the, you know, the best uh, half-court offensive players in literally in our generation. So uh, I would never say bring them on the playoff series. But rarely do you see a team that's such a mess defensively. And I know one of our boys, our listeners in Spotify, Ralph has, you know, we've talked about this a bunch. Um, Rarely does a team that's such a mess defensively have playoff success. And I think we could score on them. And I'm using, you know, basically the same logic that I am with the Bulls. But obviously, you're more scared of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving than you are Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. Like that is a conversation that's not even worth having, right? So uh, I would rather play the Raptors and the Bulls than the Nets, but I guess this just shows how high I am on the Raptors. 
the Raptors and the Nets, there's not a ton of, there's not a huge gap there for me. There really is not a huge gap. I would rather play the Raptors. Let me make that clear to everybody, but it's not like some massive gap. I think the Bulls are, have the massive gap for me personally. Like, I wish we were in position there. to knock out the Sixers again, to be honest. I wish we oh, were in position. Dude, dude. Oh my God, Pat, that would just be, it's history, right? Like by now that's just, you know, lightning never strikes twice. Well, it's struck a couple times with us beating the Sixers butt in the playoffs. So if only it could strike, you know, what, a third time? I would love it if the Sixers like somehow made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and we were able to meet them there because that would be the, oh, the most ideal situation to see the Sixers in the Eastern Conference. Oh, if I dude. see the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Final, I'm salivating and thinking like, dude, we're going to the NBA Finals. Like that's that's where my mindset would be. I would I'd feel super excited, but I just yeah. don't see a likely scenario for the Sixers even getting out of the second round if it as that's as far as they can get. Yeah, I'm with you. I just think it'll be interesting to see how they're. Uh... The two foul merchants are uh, – I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not really kidding, though. But the two guys who draw a lot of fouls are refereed in the playoffs because we know the whistle – refs like to swallow their whistle in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season. So, you know, I guess we'll see how they're refereed. But like you said, it's not very likely. Uh, it's very likely that we get the Bulls, though, and I think every uh, every Celtics fan can cheers to that, I think, in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And um, also, you know, it's very likely is that you are not going to be happy with yourself if you don't head over to Manscaped and use that 20% off code. Make sure you guys head over to our buddies over there at manscaped.com. Go ahead and use the hoopball 20 to get 20% off your order. Get yourself right coming into the spring, coming into the summertime. You're not going to forgive yourself if you end up letting your, yourself get out of hand with your beard and stuff like that or any of your facial hair. Got to keep your skin nice looking good. Got to be really sharp for those summertime shenanigans, whatever you're going to be up to, especially for 4th of July and family and friend gathering. So make sure you guys head over to Manscaped and, and use that HoopBall20 code so you can get 20% off. 100% head on over there. And listen, I just want to say, you know, you got to look sharp, you know, to impress whoever you're trying to attract. Like, I know our great coach, Ime Udoka, did not attract a legendary woman such as Nia Long by looking like a scrub. I doubt he used Manscaped, but I know he was looking fresh and clean. A good way to look fresh and clean here while saving money is going on over to Manscaped using Hoopball 20 to get your 20% off. And uh, make sure you're looking good for, like we said, every time, every show, the summertime, man. Summertime is coming. You got to be, got to be looking good. Absolutely. And, and man, that, that kind of wraps things up for me. I don't have much else to, to kind of add to today's episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to add before we end off into the sunset here? Uh, I think I am all good, man. I don't really have anything else to add. Great show, though. Hi, congratulations again, Pat, on 100 episodes, bro. That's a real accomplishment, man. So, hey, man, I appreciate serious. it. appreciate it a lot. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ethos Sports for – you know, having me and giving me the opportunity as well and having uh, a co-host like Lucas join me throughout my process as well. It's been a wonderful journey. The journey is just getting started. You know, we're, we're progressively getting bigger. We're trying to grow. I appreciate everybody who's come and tuned into the show. Make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on um, Spotify. Go ahead and get an Apple podcast. Make sure you guys rate five stars, leave a review. It, we appreciate it a lot. It helps us out a lot. Gets us... Um, up to people's you know ears you know when they search up celtics podcast we want to be one of the first shows that pop up so that we can get the content out to everybody possible we also appreciate everybody who comes by on spotify green room showing us love um lucas lucas and i do not take anything for granted as far as uh the love that people share for us
where you know people like you said, Pat, would come up to the Spotify green room, take some time out of your day, um, and come listen to us, man. It means literally more than you could imagine. Like I can't believe I even host a podcast, Patrick. Sometimes, but uh, you know, I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity, and thank you to everybody for listening, man. And uh, like you said, just want to keep growing, man. Like I said at the beginning of the show, look forward to some guests. Reached out to some pre-show. Hopefully, uh, we can have them coming up soon, man. Hopefully, yeah. And absolutely, don't forget, to guys, also to go on Twitter. Make sure you guys go and follow the show at Ethos Celtics. I do my best to try and tweet out during the game. Lucas is on his independent one all the time, Lucas underscore Gainer. You can also follow me on my independent one at Ball and Opinions. Um, you can go ahead and DM, DM us. You can DM the show's Twitter account, anything like that. If you ever want have Celtics questions or if you want certain content covered and stuff like that, we do take, you know, feedback and stuff like that we we don't take that lightly at all uh we understand we have a platform here we want to make sure that we are accommodating to a lot of people and and sharing the show and and making really good content for people what they really want to hear so make sure you guys go ahead and follow us all on twitter um thank you again for stopping by for the 100th episode at ethos health yes sir later